listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas is continuing his series on Old Testament characters, now looking at the Proverbs 31, Man and Woman. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. Old Testament Premium Podcast number 45 on the Proverbs 31 Women and Man. I bring you greetings from Kiev in the Ukraine, where we've been finishing off our AIM program, our ministry school, uh, with students from uh, Ukraine and Russia, the Baltic Republics, really all over the former Soviet Union. Everything's translated into Russian and also filmed. Later today, I'll be heading to India and Bangladesh, thanks to donors and generous monthly contributors who make these teaching trips possible. I want to say thank you for underwriting the international teaching ministry. I am certainly very grateful. The wife of noble character, the name that's been given to Proverbs 31, 10 to 31, is the crowning jewel in the collection of wisdom in Proverbs. The wisdom literature includes not only Proverbs, but also Job, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and a number of other portions of the Old and New Testaments. Normally, when we hear lessons on the Proverbs 31 woman, well, they're just that. They're lessons on the woman. But in this podcast, we want to read between the lines and go behind the scenes. Yes, we are interested in the wife of noble character, but equally interested in the husband of noble character who evidently stands behind her. And I want you to know that this podcast has been adapted from our book, The Quiver, that my wife and I wrote some years ago. It's also available in Spanish. And uh, the links are in the, the links, if you want to get the books, are in the notes that accompany. This section of Proverbs, like all the Proverbs, is poetic, and it's a 22-line poem. And if you know anything about the Hebrew language, you know there are 22 letters, really consonants, in the Hebrew alphabet or syllabary, alat, bet, gimel, dalet, and so forth. And in this passage, each line starts with the next letter. If it were in English, it, the first line would start with A and then B, all the way down to X, Y, and Z. So it's an acrostic poem, and obviously we're going to lose a little bit doing it in translation. But let's go ahead and read. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows... 
She has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This woman is amazing. She's really like superwoman. She's hardly the stereotypical, submissive, silent, servile, repressed woman of traditional society. That she exists at all should serve as a warning to us not to overgeneralize about the world, ancient or modern. She is so virtuous, one even wonders if she could be a real character at all, as opposed to a composite of many exemplary mothers in ancient Israel. The ideal wife leads a fulfilling life. Even without a career outside the home, at least her work is based from the home, yet her life does not exclude, quote, business, end quote. She is somewhere between the traditional mother and the working mother. The Proverbs 31 poem is the perfect antidote to excessive emphasis on career. Careerism, I think, is in many ways the natural, worldly response to the feminist movement. What strikes us in the famous eulogy of the wife of noble character? And there are a number of things that emerge. She takes care of her children. That is, this is not exclusively delegated to others. She's involved. She's hardworking and industrious. She enjoys a measure of financial independence, and her husband trusts her with the checkbook. She conducts a business from within the home, and her home is exemplary and brings her husband credit and honor in the public arena. Just as her husband provides for her, so she, she too provides for him and brings him credit. She and her husband complement one another. In other words, we see a healthy interdependence between the two of them. They're two separate people, and yet they're united. She's able to pass on what she's learned to others through faithful instruction to teach her children, but apparently others as well. In short, she excels in the so-called domestic qualities. Well, what do we see and what do we not see? I just want to add a few more things. She has distinguished herself in bringing up faithful children. She's been excellent in the area of hospitality. She's helped those who are in trouble. A qualification involving the heart, that's mercy, and the head, practical assistance. She's devoted herself to a variety of good deeds, though none is specified. But at this time, we'll explore her virtues no further. Moreover, she is the embodiment of the qualities of lady wisdom. Now, that's a strange phrase. You can look at Proverbs 9, where wisdom is personified. She's a woman calling out 
to the simple, actually calling out to all. And the, this woman in the poem, in the noble, uh, the wife of noble character, really uh, embodies the qualities of wisdom. In other words, that's what it would look like if a woman were living really according to the wisdom of God's word. And remember, this poem is the conclusion of Proverbs. And so it has pride of place. It's the crowning gem. This is the way the book of Proverbs ends. You can see that all the principles that have been taught in the book are put into practice, put into effect in this one woman. Now, let's do a little bit of detective work. Now, it isn't too hard to do. The question is, what can we detect about the man behind the woman? He's only mentioned a few times, but she's not standing on her own completely independently. She's part of a family. She has a husband. Well, let me tell you what I see. He's respected. He's one of the elders. It mentions that he's in the gate. In in biblical times, the gate was where decisions were made, uh, law courts were held, The gate is the interface between leadership and the community. It's where, well, it's where decisions are made. And so to be involved in that shows that he is a vital part of where he lives, that community. He has full confidence in his wife. He trusts her. The question is, of course, if if you're a husband, I'm a husband, let me just put it this way. Do we trust our wives? And do they feel that trust? Or are we asking her to do something and then meddling or jumping into something she's trying to do and make it better? Is there a full confidence? He trusts her with domestic responsibilities and others. Do we? Notice her confidence. It may well be that he's been able to help her not to fear. Many women, as they grow older, become fearful in various ways. Sometimes this isn't the way they were when they were younger, but fears can develop in old age. And if we look at the end of Ecclesiastes, you can see something very similar in chapter 12. But the Proverbs 31 woman has a bearing of confidence that speaks volumes of the sense of security her husband has brought into the home. He is gainfully employed. He's highly respected outside the house. And surely this would would make her life more of a joy and provide the context of security that facilitates family. He's serving as an elder, and his wife and children are a credit to him. And so I guess if you're looking for an Old Testament passage on an elder's wife, since there isn't one in the New Testament, here it is. (laughs) He allows her to have financial independence. Most men seem to expect their wives to overspend. As a couple, they haven't reached financial maturity in the marriage and and may, in fact, be in competition for the checkbook. Of course, we mustn't be foolish, but rather expect the best of each other and work towards practical solutions to financial problems, each spouse taking part. Also, we see he doesn't control her. He allows her to live her own life. She's not his personal servant. She's not chattel. She's not property. She has dignity and rights. She's not his personal servant, 
though she is a servant. Similarly, he is not detached or aloof. There's an emotional connection between them. He's positive about his wife, and he says positive things about her. Her children perceive their mother in a highly positive light, too. It seems like this would be affected by the father's disposition. A man who disrespects his wife uh, silently or vocally and in earshot of the children is really weakening the fabric of his own family. He's undermining his own leadership. Children key off of the way we speak to and about one another. This man is not focused on the outward, that is, her appearance and charm, but on character, her fear of God, her spiritual wisdom. And so it seems this man has not bought into the lies of the world about beauty, femininity, and sexuality. Bottom line, he respects his wife. Women want to be loved and to be respected. In such an emotional climate, they will blossom. Proverbs is all about wisdom in contrast to folly. The best way to foster noble and spiritual virtues, that is, for people to learn wisdom and to live by it, is when they learn it in families. Children learning from their parents. The parents learning from God. If you're intrigued by this thought, or if you'd like to read more about parenting, please take a look at our book. Vicki wrote about a third of it. I wrote about two-thirds. Of course, we read each other's material. And we're really trying to set out biblical principles and uh, so that we can have practical parenting. And one of the chapters is on the Proverbs 31, man and woman. I hope you enjoyed this. Husbands, let me sum it up. We've got to support our wives. Wives, live wisely. Embody the wisdom of God's word in the home. Singles, if you feel God wants you to marry, if you're one of those people who should marry, because not all singles should, focus on character. Look for someone like the Proverbs 31 woman or the Proverbs 31 man. Finally, we end the podcast with a couple of things we learn about God. And this emerges, of course, in all the Proverbs, but certainly in the conclusion, the capstone of Proverbs, which is this final acrostic point. I see two things. God desires spiritual families, and that's possible when parents choose to live by his wisdom. Of course, that's not natural. We have to put his word into our lives. But God desires spiritual families. And secondly, God builds happy families. And this happens when there is respect for his will and his word. The husband respecting the wife and the wife the husband. The children respecting their mother and their father. And this creates a climate of peace and joy. God desires spiritual families and God builds happy families. May we put these principles into practice. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's teaching on the Proverbs 31 man and woman. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. 
You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.